Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Current events, local, world news, and trending. Welcome to Sunday morning here across Ontario at 9 a.m. And around the world, if you can join me, thank you for coming out this morning. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. Here we are, Sunday. It is a beautiful sunny day out here across southern Ontario, Canada. It is going to be another hot one out there. So get in the shade, drink lots of fluids, um, have fun out there. And, um, yeah, you know, before coming on, on the show this morning, you know, like I do, um, on many shows before I get started, um, I like to relax. Um, you know, I don't, uh, you know, overthink things how I want to, uh, talk about and I listen to music and so I will go on YouTube and I will search the uh, the Liliac family rock band and uh, listen to their, some of their songs that they have written themselves. And, of course, the covers that they do. Um, it's just fantastic. And it gets me all pumped up um, to, do, uh, to do my episode as well. And that, so, you know, Canada um, outpacing uh, the United States in um, vaccinations and why is that you know um, the public face of the response to the COVID-19 crisis in the United States you know says his country's partisan divide helps explain why vaccinations Uptake in the U.S. is now lagging behind the Canadian rate. Now, Canada has surpassed the United States vaccination rate for the first time, and that was last weekend. And it showed that 48.8% of Canadians have received two doses of the vaccine. Now, it's not that Canada, you know, just because Canada is doing better, not because I swore I put this phone on mute, and I guess I did not. Because I usually do, now it's muted. So you hear that in the audio. But... And it's not that the United States isn't trying any less. It's because in Canada, you don't have that divisiveness of people not wanting to get vaccinated in many respects on the basis of ideology and in, in, uh, political persuasion. Now... We know that, you know, and, and you know, we, we, we see it, we see it in news articles, we read it, we watch it on the news or whatever the case may be, um, that it's, you know, beginning to stall in the United States. Now, when it comes to political differences that are totally understandable and, and, and the nature part of the process in any country, 
But when it comes to the common health issue in which you're in the middle of a deadly pandemic and the common enemy is the virus, it doesn't make any sense to essentially disregard or don't pay attention to what is obvious. The numbers tell you something. It's very important, ladies and gentlemen. 99.5% of all the deaths due to COVID-19 in the country are among unvaccinated people. And a 0.5% are among vaccinated people. That's a public health issue that's not political. It's not ideological. And the vaccines, like I said before, is not the only way out of this. And Canada appears to have outperformed the United States avoiding the worst of the coronavirus. For many reasons, we avoided the worst of the coronavirus. Because we actually had a prime minister, we had a leader of a country that actually took things really serious. Not like Donald Trump downplaying the coronavirus, telling you not to worry about it. You've seen him in his interviews. I've seen him in his interviews. It was appalling. It was ignorant. And the data shows that the United States has had a higher COVID-19 case rate than Canada for almost all of the pandemic and a higher death rate since the beginning and when it became current situation, the majority of our provinces and territories, including Ontario, Quebec, Alberta, British Columbia, are reporting fewer new cases per capita than any state. And we're looking at the states right now. And what I talked about yesterday, and the case rates are are just hitting the roof once again in all 50 states of the United States. Now, even though Canada may be outpacing the the United States um, in the vaccine rollout and getting the needles in the arms, and I can't stress this enough, ladies and gentlemen, I talk about this. And I talk about this because it's important. And it should be important to you. Because we're all at stake here. All of us. Now, there are factors that play into this. You know, with the um, unvaccinated individuals, and not just here in Canada, the United States, and around the world. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. I came across this article this morning, and... um, we're going to meet the unvaccinated and why some Canadians still haven't had the shot without naming names because I don't do that. I'll just talk about why. Now, here in Canada, the vaccine campaign, has we have been crushing it lately. With an impressive 80% of eligible Canadians having at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccine. And the uh, distracts from the troubling fact, however, there's, there's more than 6 million Canadians still haven't had a shot. Just as experts are warning, we need more coverage to beat back a possible surge of cases in the fall. And they have talked about a potential fourth wave due to unvaccinated individuals. Now, the first dose of the vaccine campaign now seems um, to slow somewhat here um, in Canada. Um, 
you know, it looks like to be about, you know, 50,000 people um, getting vaccinated each day right now, down from a peak of 185,000 from last month per day. Even though the doses are now readily available nationwide, because right now, here in Canada, here in the province of Ontario, where I I reside, you don't even need an appointment anymore. You can just walk in, sit down, and get a needle in your arm. Now, for some unvaccinated individuals, you know, to learn more about the hesitancy that has taken hold in some pockets of the country not clearly across the board. Now, legitimate reasons, ladies and gentlemen, as I was reading this article earlier, you know, and some of the holdouts say they're concerned about safety and the side effects. Others say they're not happy with the current products um, that, that, that are on offer. Well, we have the Moderna, we have the Pfizer, We have the Johnson and Johnson. There isn't any other vaccine available for COVID-19, also known as SARS-CoV-2. And then there's the also practical considerations. A number of the unvaccinated have a needle-related phobia. And maybe they've had this ever since they were kids. We were all once kids. Once we were afraid of getting a needle in the arm. I was afraid. I was afraid of the doctor. When I was a kid. Of course, I was afraid to get a needle in the arm when I was a kid. And as, as, you know, as an adult, it doesn't bother me anymore. You know, but some people it does. They have this phobia and it's real. And it's understandable. You know, because, you know, like I said, can, you know, getting a shot is frightening experience. Some, some people have, you know, severe allergies to vaccines. Not just, you know, with Moderna or Pfizer or Johnson & Johnson. You know, the flu shot. Maybe, maybe it could be, you know, um, you know, you get a, a, a tetanus shot because you stepped on a nail and, and you have reactions to that. You know, just, you know, people have reactions to vaccines. And experts also suggest somewhere between 2 and 10% of the population you know, opposed to vaccines, no matter what public health officials say about the many benefits of getting a shot. And that's right across the board, Canada, United States, Europe, everywhere around the world. Now, this individual, um, says she's feeling the pressure from family and friends to get a shot before school starts up in the fall. She says that she is most comfortable with the one-dose Johnson & Johnson shot, which she feels is more conventional viral vector vaccine technology. Such vaccines are modified versions of different viruses, the vector, to deliver instructions to cells and are widely used to prevent infection diseases like influenza. Now, 300,000 doses were delivered months ago, but there are no plans to use it as part of the vaccine campaign. Government officials have said that the provinces and territories have shown no interest in obtaining this product. There's been problems with it. It's like the AstraZeneca. She says that the traditional vaccines aren't rated quite as effective in the research, but she says she's comfortable with that style and would happily go um, at this very moment to get that, she said. 
Now, when we talk about, you know, with, with the Pfizer and the Moderna, the, the mRNA products have been, de- have been deemed um, safe and effective by Health Canada and other regulators after a careful review of clinical trial studies. She says she's not opposed to vaccines. She, she's, not, she's not a vaccine hesitant, she says but she's concerned about the possible long-term effects of the MRI shots in particular, which are relatively new technology. Everybody's going to have a reaction to something. You know, I have been vaccinated for four months now. No long-term effects of any sort, and I have had the Pfizer shot. I don't feel any different than what I did before getting a vaccine. Thank you to the ones people who are coming on to my show. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Now, other people, you know, why, you know, the hesitancy of being vaccinated, you know, they don't want to feel like a guinea pig. Well, that's legitimate. You know, how do we know what kind of impact this is going to have on our bodies? You know, this one individual says, am I going to have a third eye in 20 years? You know, I mean, she's not, you know. She says, I'm not going to have a third eye in 20 years, but she's just trying to get her point across right now we've heard conversations we've heard people say you know um you know like the misinformation getting out there you know um the anti-vaccinators out there you know misinformation I mean, it didn't, it didn't, you know, for me personally, you know, nothing, you know, stopped me from getting vaccinated. It's like nothing stops me from getting vaccinated for the flu. I guess I'm just the type of person that, you know, I believe in protecting family, friends, co-workers, general population, perfect strangers. I don't feel like a guinea pig and I never will. Now, another individual now she's you know she goes on and she says, you know, she feels like they're flying by the seat of their pants, trying to figure things out as they go along, and there's just so much mixed information out there. They're not flying by the seat of their pants when it comes to these vaccines. These scientists around the world, you know, when it comes to vaccines and studies and, you know, you know, you can ask yourself, well, well, you know, they came up with this pretty quickly and, and stuff like this, you know, um, reading articles about um, pharmaceuticals and stuff like that. They've had these sort of vaccines on the back burner. And 
of course, studying them for the past few decades. And are they going to be effective? How they're going to work? Here across the country in Canada, I mean, you know, for the Canadians out there, I mean, you can see the cases tumbling. Dropping dramatically. You know, like I mentioned yesterday, you know, here in Ontario, the largest province in Canada, from a couple months ago, well, during lockdown, stay-at-home orders, seeing over five to 6,000 cases per day. And now we're seeing less than 170 per day. And you ask yourself, why are we seeing that? Because people are getting vaccinated. Maybe, you know, as Canadians, you know, obviously we're different than everybody around the world. You know, as, as Canadians, I mean, we, we, we've taken this pretty seriously. Canadians had stepped up. Yes, it has been really, really tough. It's been really difficult for so many people financially, mentally. But we stuck to our guns. And this is why, too, we're, we're, you know, we are outpacing the United States in the, in the vaccine rates. Some people were talking about, I just don't see the point. This individual, he, he had, um, he, he said he, he, him and his wife had gotten sick with what they think was COVID-19 shortly after Christmas while they didn't get tested. They didn't even go get tested. They said they had all the usual symptoms. Now, probably legit. He says he doesn't see the point of getting a vaccine. He had an antibody test to see if he had developed any immunity to COVID-19, and the test which was used to determine past infection showed that he had developed some antibodies to the virus. So... Him and his wife don't see any point. Of getting the vaccine. Now, many, many years ago, um, I was in my early 30s and I got shingles. This is a form of adult chickenpox. There is a vaccine for that. And now I'm in my late 50s. I never had shingles again. I didn't go get the vaccine for shingles. And I haven't been tested to see if I built up any antibodies against it, but I've never had them since, so maybe that's a possibility. But I've, I've thought about, you know, getting the vaccine for shingles. Just haven't gotten around to it. You know, I got other important things going on in my life. And I, you know, like anybody else, you know, When I want to get it, I'll get it. Simple as that.
Now, vaccine acceptance is growing. This professor um, found that in general, the vast majority of Canadians are not opposed to vaccines. In fact, fewer than 2% of Canadian parents refuse child shots for their kids. Knowing little about the shots would soon be deployed, 65% of Canadians polled said they would get a COVID-19 vaccine as soon as the Health Canada approved it for use. And the number of willing vaccine recipients have grown steadily since the study was published. And unfortunately, the small proportion are quite vocal and there's a perception that they're bigger, that they're bigger than they are, focusing on people who have really legitimate questions. And when she says legitimate questions, she doesn't mean their concerns are necessarily based on facts. It is really key. And the breakthrough case is extremely rare. The best way to convince the hesitant is to show them the data on just how effective the vaccines have been at preventing infections. And for an example, 403,149 COVID-19 cases reported in Ontario between December 14th, 2020 and July 10th of this year, just 0.4% were so-called breakthrough cases COVID-19 infections in people who had received their second doses 14 days prior. About 4% of all cases reported in the seven-month period were people who were partially vaccinated with just one dose. The rest, of course, were unvaccinated. You follow me? And as of July 10th, fewer than 18,200 of the 10 million people who have received at least one dose so far in Ontario have contracted the virus. 16,358 were infected when they were only partially vaccinated and 1,760 became infected after having two doses. It's not 100%. I've said that over and over again. It's just like the the flu vaccine isn't 100%. But it is working. In the, the United States, the Center for Disease Control estimated that 90% of the people who have been admitted to hospital recently are unvaccinated. And you can see it blowing up all over the United States right now. Other things for hesitancy of getting the vaccine, you know, is the trust factor. You know, of the of the adverse effects should also, you know, assure hesitant of these products and ensure them that they are safe. Now, maybe, I mean, I mean, I mean, not maybe, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that read into conspiracy theories or conspiracy theorists. A couple of times uh, on my show recently and it, it, it was um, mentioned um, Dr. Tenpenny. And it's like, you know, believe me, I've looked her up. And the things that, that she spews out of her mouth, misleading information, is scary. Absolutely scary. She doesn't even know what the hell she is talking about. Bioweapon. Depopulization. And 
approximately four months to 16 months, people who got fully vaccinated by these, by these vaccines are, are going to, it's going to be catastrophic. They're going to, they're going to have so many health problems and, and the, it's going to affect their lungs and, and all this stuff. And I, you know, four months into my vaccination, ladies and gentlemen, well, lo and behold, I'm still here and I'm still freaking healthy. Another four months down the road, I'm going to feel the same way. I really, I'm, uh, really, I don't understand how people can just fall into the trap of conspiracy theories and misinformation and believe it. It'll take a lot to fool the hell out of me. I'll tell you that right now. But people do that and people listen to that and people believe it and they're hesitant. Maybe they were hesitant before they even started reading conspiracy theories and misinformation. Falsifying information as she does Dr. Tempe. Tenpenny publicly is ridiculous. What needs to be, you know, talked to to people, you know, who are who are hesitant or just don't want to get it right. Yeah, you know, it is, you know, it's very easy to read, you know, um, these uh, pre-received scientists in this day and age. I don't get it either. You know, I really don't get it. Honestly, I mean, we're here in the 21st century. You know, medicine, you know, has come a long way life-saving medicine has come a long way. So what is it going to take, not just here in Canada, the United States, and around the world, you know, do we want to experience a fourth wave? Do we want to go back to two months ago, three months ago, with stay-at-home orders, closing businesses, closing down schools. Is that what we want? Not being able to go visit your friends and your loved ones. I certainly, I certainly don't want to go back there. I really don't. And a fourth wave cases might convince the unvaccinated that they're better off with a shot. You'd hate to wait to see an outbreak to say, see, this is what could happen. And that just might be the case. And we still need to try and like myself, I mean, I talk about this. I talk about this because this is so important. And, and it has to be important to you as well. What are your priorities? What are your priorities on your health? What are your priorities on the health of your loved ones and your friends and your coworkers? Perfect strangers. And it's still very important to try to persuade some of the unvaccinated. But at a certain point, ladies and gentlemen, those energies might be better off spent on getting the partially vaccinated back for the crucial second dose. Which people are here 
are doing here across Canada. Because if we go into a fourth wave, potentially, and the unvaccinated are causing it, which they would be, And if we have to go back to lockdown, closing businesses, stay-at-home orders, people are going to be really upset. You know, back in early spring, and I've mentioned this before, when it came to outdoor activities in large groups in groupings or whatever. You know, here in Ontario, back in the early spring, was the only place in North America where you couldn't even play golf. No indoor dining, no indoor shopping, except for grocery stores, pharmacies. Basically, you know, you were just stuck in your home if you didn't go to work because you, you weren't an essential worker. Your place of business closed their doors. So what is it going to take? What is it going to take to ease people who are hesitant into getting vaccinated. If you know of somebody, talk to them about it. Listen to them. But also try to convince them. Weighing the pros and cons. You know, for the first time in a long time, you know, I'm starting to feel so much better about the way things are going and that we're, you know, we're here and we're able to, to, to move forward. You know, because going back to the dark, gloomy days, of not being able to visit friends and loved ones, and most importantly, loved ones. And especially for those who have family members who lived in nursing homes and retirement homes, and not being able to go in there and see them. Thank you for people who are joining me this morning. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. We were talking a little bit about Canada outpacing the United States and vaccines and also talking about the hesitancy um, of the unvaccinated individuals, you know, here across um, Canada. And, you know, it seems that, you know, these, you know, things I talked about, you know, like the trust factors, um, people that just don't, you know, see the point of, of getting the vaccine because, you know, they maybe had had contracted COVID-19, but these two individuals, they didn't get tested for COVID. But, you know, with, with their things that they, um, stuff, you know, they feel that they, they have um, developed it. They got tested to see if they had, and they have, some, they have developed some antibodies to the virus. 
needlephobia. You know, it's real. Thank you. I am doing well. I hope you are doing well. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I haven't seen, I haven't talked to you, um, um, Farbod in, 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 in a, in a long time. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, uh, you've been really busy, right? So I hope things are going, uh, I hope things are going well with you. I really do. Um, Yeah, I, you know, with everything that's going on, you know, around the world, of course, you know, you're working 12 hour days. I know that's tough. I, I mean, it, it, you know, um, being home, um, not crossing, like, you know, being a, being a trucker myself. Um, being home every single day now, working Monday to Friday, you know, working like you, you know, 12, 12 to 14 hour days, you know, it makes it for a long week and tired, you know. Um, no, no need to apologize um, that you haven't been around lately. Um, no problem. That's understandable. Um, it's nice to, uh, nice to see you again, right? So... Um, I have guests, you know, come and go like yourself, you know, um, eventually they come back on the show again, you know, it's nice to see them and, and also, you know, uh, new people coming on the show, um, all the time. Um, it's nice to have them out here and that, so, um, Yeah. But, um, wow, you know, I just, uh, like I, I've said from time and time again, and I had, I had this other guest on my show uh, a, a couple times. Um, he's from Ontario, Canada, and uh, he has called in and, um, you know, just shooting the breeze and, and that too. So um, I say to... Um, you know, people out there, um, guests on my show, you're, you're always welcome to engage with me. You're always welcome to text in. You're always welcome to call in. And all I, all I want, you know, is that you be respectful. That's all I ask. Yes, we'll have our differences. We'll agree to, to disagree. But that's just the way things are. And that's who I am. You stay safe too, Farbad. You stay safe. And um, hope you can come back on here. And thank you for dropping in and saying hi to me. And um, my friend, um, hope we talk. We, uh, we hope we, we can talk soon. Because I'm always out here. And um, thank you for joining me again. Hope to see you soon. Now, ladies and gentlemen, um, I want to thank everybody for joining me this morning. Thank you for, for all the likes. That is really appreciated. Thank you for coming out here and listening to the Truckers Podcast. As I am mostly a weekend podcaster... Um, throughout the week it, it's really tough I mean I've tried I've tried a couple times you know I would put up a uh, uh, put up a show and starting work at five o'clock in the morning and then walking in the door at 7 30 8 o'clock at night and thinking oh man I had a show scheduled for 9 p.m and it's like I am just burnt out you know so 
I, I really like to do it on, on Friday evenings, Saturday morning, Saturday nights, Sunday morning, Sunday nights, you know, get out here and, and talk to you and that. And um, now at the end of this week, hello, how are you? And thank you for other people who are joining me show right now. But the end of next week, I start my holidays. And I will be on holidays for, for two weeks. So I won't be returning back until... Uh, let's see, it'll probably be the, the 6th of August. I can do a show then, and then I'll be away for another week. And that, so, um, but I will be back out tonight, Sunday night. And, um... Monday evenings, um, that's, that's actually a pretty day to, a pretty good day to do an episode as well at 9 p.m. And that, so um, I will do a show Thursday, this coming Thursday, but not on the Friday because, you know, once I get home from work, there's a lot of packing up to do, getting organized for the trip. And that, so, hey, welcome to the show, here from South, here from South Brazil, thank you for joining me from South Brazil, you know, we get people from all over the world here, United States, Europe, Brazil, and, um, you know, I see, you know, when I go to see where um, people are listening from um, around the world. And of course, Brazil is one of them. South Wales, you know, everywhere. Um, people um, listen in. Um, I see where my downloads are coming from all over the world. And that it's nice to have you here. It really is. So, We'll leave it here um, for um, this morning. And I'm going to be back out again at um, 10 p.m. tonight. I hope you can join me. And you're from uh, uh, Bangladesh. Thank you for joining me from Bangladesh. You know, it's uh, it's just really nice to see just different people from all around the world, you know, um, joining us here on the uh, Truckers Podcast. And that I appreciate, I appreciate all of you. Thank you for joining me. Enjoy the rest uh, uh, of your Sunday or whatever may time it is for uh, it is you in, in uh, Bangla uh, Bangladesh or Brazil, uh, I'm not sure of the time zones over there, but here in Ontario, Canada, it is, it is 9.49 a.m. And it is going to be a beautiful sunny day. It is going to be a hot day today. So if you are in a hot climate, be sure to hydrate, stay cool, and be safe out there, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you once again for joining me here on the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Take care, everybody, and thank you.